Welcome back to the XA Podcast with me, Al App, for a meaningful chat with two inspiring founders. Today, I'm joined by Fung Rulin and Max Rai, co-founders of Turtle Tree Labs. Focused on the deeply important problem of staving off the threats of food and economic insecurities, Turtle Tree Labs addresses the value gap created by an inefficient dairy industry. They do this by creating sustainable cell-based food tech, aka clean milk, that addresses a $700 billion global dairy market. I can't wait to speak to both of them. Before that, a quick note about us. The XA Network, formerly Zoogler Angels, was founded in 2018 as an investment collective comprising senior executives from leading global and regional technology companies. Our mission is to provide smart capital to early stage companies across Southeast Asia and eventually Asia Pacific. In the last 22 months, the network has invested in 18 companies across Southeast Asia. For more details on the group, please check us out at www.xanetwork.co, on Twitter at NetworkXA, and follow us on LinkedIn. And now, without further ado, here's my conversation with the founders of Turtle Tree Labs. I am delighted to welcome Fangru and Max to the XA podcast today. Guys, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you a lot for inviting us. We appreciate it very much. All right. So, you know, we always get started with a little bit of a trip down memory lane. So for both, uh, for both of you, Fangru and Max, could you kind of describe the journey um, up until this point where you're leading Turtle Tree Labs? Sure. So maybe I'll start um, with, with how we started the company. Um, many years ago, as a hobby, I like to make cheese. And um, I was going around the region trying to look for good milk, uh, good raw milk to make cheese. I was in Indonesia, I was in Thailand, but it was a big challenge because of challenges around factory farming, around um, hormones that are being pumped into the cows. So the quality of the milk is, is suffering and we're just not able to make cheese. And back then um, I was working for Google and Max was actually making a speech at Google. I'll let Max jump into why he was doing that and what he was doing then. Uh, but he was sharing about the future of all food tech. And he was sharing about companies like Memphis Meats, like Blue Nalu. And these companies are very special. What they're doing is they're using stem cells to create meat and seafood without having to go through the animal. So that really intrigued me. And after that discussion, after that talk, I went to him and asked him if we could use similar methods to make milk. Back then, um, there was no other company doing it. So we started to do a lot of research. We put in some scientists. We did so much research. We found a pathway. We filed our patents last year. And this year, we're set to scale the company. Great. So I am actually from the Bay Area, from California myself. Uh, so when I was, I've been here in Singapore for about two and a half years. Uh, and yes, uh, I, I was I happened to be at the Google office here in Singapore, giving a talk on future foods, future technologies. At that time, I had just uh, um, ju- just got out of a company. Um, I was a, a CEO of a deep tech company, worked a lot of AI and machine learning. Uh, so you would think, what is this guy doing in food? But I've always been passionate about sustainability, uh, climate change, what it takes to to have a greener world, a better world. So after this discussion, um, you know, Vungu approached me and we just had a great synergy. Uh, it was very, very exciting. Uh, we were able to bring in some scientists 
And at that time, we actually pooled our own money, our personal money, because we were quite passionate about what we wanted to be able to do. Uh, and we started accelerating. Uh, it, was, um, it was a huge risk on our part, but uh, we knew that there was a major gap and we knew that uh, technologies using cell-based um, had a lot of potential. So we were very excited when we were able to make some of these breakthroughs. Uh, but that's, uh, that's how we all started. So much to dig into there. Uh, thank you, thank you for sharing. You know, uh, Fangru and Max, one, one thing that we see a lot is you know, there's, a, there's something really special about two founders getting together and building something. And, you know, Max, you just mentioned that that chemistry was really good between you and uh, Fangru. Could you elaborate on that a bit? I, either one of you or both of you? That would be super interesting for us to hear. Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. The chemistry has to be right. Our, the work ethics alignment has to be right. Because one of the issues that you see with founders is that either one of them is doing all the work and the other one isn't, or the perception of. Uh, we both were so passionate about this and we just, we just couldn't get enough of it. We worked around the clock and that right away was uh, great chemistry for us right from the beginning uh, before we even started pumping our own money into this project. So we knew that uh, very early on there was alignment there. Uh, but you're absolutely right. These are some very important things you want to try to work out early on. Um, but as we continue, accelerated, it just got better over time. And that is, uh, those are, that's what I can share. And uh, if I, I may add to that, um, Max and I come from quite different backgrounds and that really helped. Max has um, a good history of running businesses in Silicon Valley, um, here in Singapore, and he's very good with strategy. Me, on the other hand, um, I've worked for um, global companies like UL, Salesforce, Google, and I, I came through the system with a lot of systems. <laughs> so I'm, I'm good with um, building structures and systems, and I'm very systematic. So both these two skills, when melted together, form an extremely strong team. And with this, we're able to bring in the best um, for, for te te technology and technical side. Thanks so much for sharing. So the two of you come together and you talk about this huge opportunity space, problem space. Um, could you share with us like what those initial discussions were like? Um, I'm particularly keen to understand, you know, how you looked at the problem you wanted to solve, the pain points, and then how, you know, Fungru, to your point about, you know, putting strategy and structure from both Max and yourself, how did you kind of craft that right at the beginning? Sure. So when we first started, um, we had to look at the landscape of the dairy industry. And uh, of course, leading the way back then um, was Perfect Day. And what you're doing was they were able to use um, recombinant methods to recreate certain components of milk. Milk is a very special liquid. There are thousands of different components within that liquid. And Perfect Day was great in creating three of the casein and whey components that are inside milk. And what we realized the gap was, was there was no other company that could create the entire composition of milk. And that is so important because coming from that cheese angle, it is really important for, for us to be able to achieve the entire spectrum of nutritional components to be able to make cheese, butter, yogurt, which are high value 
products that helps drive the $700 billion dairy industry. So when we approached this problem, we knew we couldn't break down milk component by component. We needed to rethink how we want to recreate the milk in all of its composition. Got it. And, you know, once you set that up, how, ha how did you bring it to market and how did, you know, your uh, initial tests, uh, how did you, you know, look at the efficacy of those tests and, and then how did you look at kind of scaling and getting from, you know, zero to almost one? Sure. If I can, if I can uh, jump in, um, once we were able to have some breakthroughs around the technology uh, with our with our science teams, um, it was important to kind of understand, based off of the existing dairy industry, how do we plug ourselves in? How do we make the biggest impact? And I know you Google folks, you're always looking at how to make uh, 10x the impact. <laughs> so uh, that was something that uh, Fungru and I had in mind very early on. So it was important for us to come up with a business model and a scalability model that could allow us to actually take this to every corner of the world. So we were able to put together a B2B model uh, that uh, would allow us to work with the biggest dairy manufacturers, processors in the world that can actually utilize our technology on a licensing-based method. So then we can actually uh, work with all of them be able to um, provide our technology to all the biggest players that are out there. And so that's how we look at the scalability side. They are able to, um, to pay for the CapEx. We can provide the technology, licensing, and a royalty model. But overall, this uh, B2B model helps us tremendously to scale globally. Fantastic. Through kind of R&D, through, through your science teams, through all the analysis, the strategy, you know, the, you know, working on B2B and, you know, ensuring that, um, you know, you're able to provide technology at scale and, and you know, building this, this brand of Turtle Tree Labs, what surprised you the most? Both of you, I'd love to hear from both of you. What surprised me the most um, personally was um, how as non-science folks, we were able to tackle um, the challenges. So what, what, we, what Max, and found, uh, Max and I found really helpful was that because we're not scientists, we tend to approach science problems by working with different partners and trying to engage um, different technologies and resources that, um, that we can, as much as we can. So an example is when there's a science problem, we, we don't know the science, but we would work with people like ASTAR or NUS with different teams to be able to tackle that problem. And what we found is we, there are a lot of um, research institutes that have several decades of experience working on similar problems. They might have different applications, for example, in the pharmaceutical grade products uh, or in therapeutics, but now being adopted in food. Um, and it's the first time that um, the, the technology is adopted this way. So we have been able to accelerate our progress a lot faster uh, because we, we have the ability to engage these different partners. And for myself, I guess one of the biggest um, learning experiences for me through this, through this uh, process is just how massive this industry is. The dairy industry, is a $700 billion industry, the biggest actually out of all the other food sectors. And then how many different layers there are? There are, there are multiple layers uh, globally 
that run this massive Goliath of a, of a industry. So there's been a lot of it learning uh, curve for us, understanding these different layers and knowing how to extract the maximum value from every layer, knowing how to plug in our technology into all these different layers and building uh, these strong partnerships. So it's not as easy as just taking a cow's milk and, and uh, putting it on the shelves. There's so many different things in between that, that happen. Uh, and we've learned quite a bit over that over a period of time. That's fascinating. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for sharing. Um, one other thing I'd love to uh, ask you about uh, on the business side is there is definitely a business for good angle with Turtle Tree Labs. Uh, could could you elaborate more on that? And could you also talk through, you know, if if you end up, you know, really changing the face of the dairy industry, um, what? positive second order effects would that actually create for you know the the planet the environment i'd be very very curious to, to understand that sure so um if you look at the core business um disrupting the dairy industry is is going to be massive um as we all know cattle farming causes 37 percent of the global methane emissions and land use water use is all very high not to mention that um, recently there are challenges with chemical contaminants underwater. So even um, organic rated farms um, have had chemical contaminants that seep into their groundwater and the cows consuming the water and the grass and having milk that has these chemicals in it. So if we are able to go directly from cell to milk, um, and bypass the need to harm the environment or uh, consume any chemical contaminants, that is a lot better for the environment, for people and the earth. And um, on the other side, we also like to share um, our foundation work. So recently the team have um, set up the Turtle Tree Foundation where we are working with endangered species. What's really exciting is um, the Smithsonian Institute. They've come to us and told us that um, there's no leopards that um, are in captivity in their zoo are actually quite stressed out. So these snow leopard mothers tend to attack their young and the babies um, have to be separated from the mothers. So currently they have been challenges um, providing the right nutrition for these babies and they would like us to see how we can, um, we can provide nutrition for these babies. And it's the same for elephants in Sumatra. Um, elephant moms have been hunted for their tusks, for ivory, and these babies go to the orphanage, the elephant orphanages, but um, because elephant milk has one of the highest nutrition content um, of any mammal milk out there, so they have been finding it very difficult to find alternatives or um, things that can match the nutritional profiles or needs of the baby elephant. So a lot of baby elephants um, are suffering because of that. And they've also come to us uh, to see if we can make elephant milk. So what Turtle Tree has done is we have set up a separate foundation uh, with a separate team running that. And um, a lot of the technology that is built within the main company can flow to the foundation part and the foundation back. There's a cycle of knowledge that can be shared. And um, it's, it's part of the giving back model that um, we we want to we want to aim for hunger that's that's just amazing and um you know i'm i, I do want to kind of uh, uh ask this question because i'm sure our, our listeners will be very curious but could you or max explain uh why you settled on the name turtle tree labs sure i, I can jump into that um turtle and the tree uh, are symbols of longevity 
And if you look at the cross-section, uh, our logo, it looks like the cross-section of a tree, like tree rings. It also looks like um, a thumbprint. So it symbolizes man's print on nature. And um, we, we believe in the longevity of the earth. Fascinating. And so, um, you know, I, I want to go, uh, go back to that kind of early, those early days. And especially, you know, when, um, uh, you know, Tony Zamakowski from the XA Network kind of invested in the, in the seed round. When you look back at that time, you know, and what advice would, would both of you give to other founders at that stage who are trying to, you know, you know, move to the next level, raise that next round? Uh, it would be so great to hear from you since you've been so successful since that point. If, if I can jump in, I think one thing I can say is um, aside, I mean, you always hear don't give up uh, and so forth, but uh, aside from not giving up, I think continue to look at the value that you are creating. Learn to refine your story and talk about how it's going to transform the existing industries. So I think these are the type of things that have been very exciting. Tony's been very helpful from the beginning, giving us advice, making the right connections, continually look at industry folks out there that you can connect with. That's also been very helpful for us. Got it. And, um, you know, I hear congratulations are in order. So, you know, just amazing on, on the recent success and the new round. And, you know, when you look at just that fundraising process for the new round, um, you know, could you expand upon what the biggest learnings were that you'd like to, you know, kind of share with our audience, you know, going, going from C to kind of A, how does that, yeah. how does that transition look like? What were the biggest learnings? Sure. One of the biggest learnings I had is just how long it takes to actually go through a round, how long DD processes usually are. <clears throat> Many people give up very quickly thinking that you, you haven't raised your next round in, the, in a matter of a few weeks many of these rounds can take months uh, because there's a long DD process with some of the VCs that are out there. It, it's a learning process for them. It's a relationship process for many of them because you have to understand that this is not just an investment for many VCs. This is a long-term relationship. They end up being with you by your side for many years. And so that also takes time for them to build a relationship. Got and it. We are, sorry to add to that. Um, we are very fortunate because um, we do have a pretty good relationship with all our pre-seed investors and we are very fortunate to have them come back onto this current round. So it's so important to keep them updated about your progress, um, keep them in the know of everything that's happening. So they are walking with you through this uh, entire journey and they can also extend the, the, the help that you need along the way. Absolutely right. The networks that many of these VCs have are tremendous and it's in their best interest to make the right connections, to help you expand, to help you grow and help you learn. So it's, it's really amazing to have an amazing group of investors. Fantastic advice. And yeah, you know, if I were to kind of take those uh, two or three learnings there, one is, yeah, remember that, you know, fundraising process takes time and that resiliency is what's going to set you know, one founder apart from the other. And the second is, you know, really like uh, roll up your sleeves with your investors and try and, you know, take those next steps together, keep them informed, keep them with you and utilize them in the best way possible. So thank you so much for sharing. I think that'll be very helpful for, for our listeners. Um, for both of you, I would, you know, love to kind of uh, go into, uh, you know, just self-reflection a little bit. So, you know, when you look at your journey so far and, 
you know, you guys have done a bunch of great work, both in your startup, but in your previous lives as well. What's one superpower you have? And, um, you know, just to balance that out, what's your one biggest area of, of kind of improvement and what, what are you working on currently? So um, one area of um, improvement that I'm, I'm working on is um, personally, I'm, I'm looking for a mentor um, to guide me through this period of growth in my career. Um, so this mentor would uh, be somebody who has been in the industry for some time, um, has helped several startups uh, grow through their growth stage and um, somebody I can rely on and trust um, to share and, and, and um, guide me along. I guess when you, when you mentioned superpowers, uh, the, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> who knows me uh, knows uh, whenever they, they speak to me about these type of things, they can see the passion there is, you can't fake it. You can't fake passion. Uh, people can tell very quickly how much a project means to you. And mm -hmm. when you have that much passion, no matter what happens, you're gonna find a way to come up with solutions uh, and to, uh, to, 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 to build better systems. So that I think is very important. One area that I have improved on over a period of time and I'm still continuing to do so, are the systems like what Fungu's main strengths are actually coming from Google, coming from a very structured environment, having all these systems in place? I think those are some areas that I'm still improving on, and uh, and I I have recently like reached out to several amazing people who are my mentors, and I'm not afraid to reach out for help. Yeah, and I guess my superpower is my <laughs> how organized I am. I am super organized. If you see my inbox, I have a zero inbox policy. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Superpower. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, wow, like, so you guys are, you know, in, in this very envious position where you complement each other so well. And, you know, one, one thing I'd love to dig into um, with, with everyone we have on the show is, you know, how do you learn? So when I look at Turtle Tree Labs, deep domain expertise, you know, deep tech, uh, you know, it, it must be, it must be extremely invigorating, but also challenging to stay on top of everything from a science perspective. But how do you both learn as entrepreneurs apart, you know, apart from on the job learning? Who do you watch? Who do you read? What do you listen to? You know, it'd be super helpful for, uh, for the founders who, who, who listen to this call. I learned from listen. my team. <laughs> you're absolutely right we learn from the team uh we actually take our scientists out to lunch all the time we we talk to them we do a lot of studying ourselves that's a big part of what we do so um i think that's one area that we've used uh, i think another is just independent studies we do a lot of our own work uh, as well on the side I know that I, uh, I had went out for a course uh, on biotech management course uh, for, at MIT recently. That's been incredibly um, helpful, as well as uh, any other resource I can get my hands on. Fangro, what about you? Yeah, um, so I, I, I learned from my team for sure, but um, I also recognize it's important to have different angles to solve, uh, there are different angles that we can use to solve a particular problem. So um, I would talk to people who have domain knowledge um, to, to know which path to try to go after 
And um, I would go back and do a lot of reading on my own as well. And another thing is also um, looking at competitors. Um, they, they are the ones um, who can teach us a lot about our own industry as well. I can tell you one thing. One thing we do a lot of is we do a lot of triangulating uh, of the information. <laughs> that happens a lot. We ask multiple different people. We try to put put everything down on paper on the board and try to and try to get to to understand wh where are the most valuable areas we need to work on uh, and work through it together. Not just with each other, but with our scientific team. We are actually very blessed, though. We have an amazing PhD team and engineering team uh, that that uh, that are a part of our uh, development process. Gotcha. And what about learning that is, you know, uh, disconnected or not connected to, um, you know, Turtle Tree, just in terms of, you know, um, I think Max, you mentioned, you know, uh, you're working with mentors to kind of uh, look at management and so on. What, how, how do you guys do? Do you apply the same formula, which is look, um, you know, triangulating a lot of knowledge, um, doing a lot of reading and then discussing it with, with folks? And Fangru, I'd love to deep dive a little bit on, um, you know, your recommendation of how you, you know, reach out to domain experts. Like, how does, how would someone go about kind of like putting that together? For me, um, we are so lucky these days to have LinkedIn. Um, I learn a lot of things through reading articles on LinkedIn, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. And um, it really helps to... I mean, of course, there is a first layer of folks that you reach out to and they might not be fully relevant, but um, it's it's like building a funnel, right? It's a funnel effect. Um, the more number of people you talk to, um, the, the wider the knowledge you build and you would slowly funnel down to a few points that are relevant to you. Um, and that's, that's how I learned. And and for myself, um, in a very similar way, I look at who are the dominant players in the industry, uh, and I, I am not afraid. And I think this is something all your listeners uh, should also, um, uh, you know, think about. Is don't ever be afraid to reach out to the biggest, smartest people that are out there, and just go to them and say, "Listen, I would love to learn a little bit more about this area. Could you work with me? Could you tell me a little bit more about it?" And I have been very fortunate. And, and if you're able to do that, if you're humble enough to do that, uh, I think that you could take, take away quite a bit of knowledge uh, and learnings from some of these folks. Yeah, so um, one of the, the great people that we've met um, on this journey is Jamie. So Jamie was one of the founders of Arm Semiconductors. Um, they are the largest chip company in the world based out of the UK. Uh, they were sold to SoftBank a few years ago for a few billion dollars. So what Max and I did was quite crazy because we knew our go-to-market strategy has got to be licensing and royalty model. And we found a um, Harvard Business Review article about, um, about, that, about Jamie and his, his co-founders. And we realized that the HBR review was written by an SMU researcher. Her name is Lipika. So we reached out to SMU researcher Lipika and Lipika connected us with Jamie and now Jamie is one of um, our mentors and are helping us with um, understanding or uh, building the licensing model that we want to go to market with. Wow, what, that was an amazing story. And, and I think, you know, Max, as you were describing it, I think what was going through my mind was like, I'd love to get an example. And I mean, what an example, right? Wow. Um, I mean, it's crazy. We're, we're, we're talking about the, one of the biggest companies in the world. Exactly. Yep. And we went straight to the, one of the founders of Semiconductors, and we talked his ears off for hours. 
<laughs> Fantastic. I mean, it's for, you know, for those of you who don't get what a big deal ARM is, I mean, you would have heard that Apple just announced that they're moving all of their MacBooks and their, their Mac architecture from Intel chips to, to their own chips, but their own chips are based on ARM architecture. So I think what, you know, really like uh, Max and Fangru have, have spoken to probably uh, a, a luminary in the industry and it's such a great lesson for us all, right? Just, just reach out, reach out. People are always willing to help and you can get some amazing folks to, to help out. Guys, thank you so much. That was an amazing story. So I think uh, I'd actually love now to use this, um, uh, this energy that's, uh, that's kind of developed and move into, into a little bit of a rapid fire. So a couple of uh, rules for the road. I'm gonna shoot the question. I'd love for both of you to answer. And uh, I'd love for you to be as brief and as short as possible. Sound good? Great. Awesome. Sounds good. Great. So um, we are, you know, we love Southeast Asia. We're deeply invested in Southeast Asia as the XA network. And I would love to ask you, why is Southeast Asia so exciting as a region? Why did you choose it as a base for Turtle Tree Labs? Fastest growth in the world right now. So much growth happening in Southeast Asia. And the IP here is world-class. We, we're not worried at all about uh, any type of uh, IP issues uh, that, uh, that we, you'd be worried about in other areas. Yeah, for me, um, especially after the COVID situation, food security is a big challenge. So um, there isn't any lobbyists, especially here in Singapore. Um, we are able to go to market a lot faster than uh, if we were in the US or any other country where there are lobbyists. That's so great to hear. Um, I think definitely a deep competitive advantage for, for Southeast Asia. All right, so if I put you guys on the spot and I said you have the chance to invest in one startup, any startup out there right now, uh, which one would it be and why? Wow, is it bad if I say Turtle Tree? <laughs> <laughs> besides, besides Turtle Tree. Because you're already invested in Turtle Tree, right? <laughs> Go ahead, Bungu. I need to say. Go ahead, Max. <laughs> I Let me per say. personally. Personally, I still think that um, I, I still think Google's got. Um, I don't know if it's, it's not startup anymore, but I, that's one of the companies I've been investing right now. I, I will invest personally in Memphis Meats. Um, they are the trailblazer of the industry, and they have made great progress so far. Um, they have some pretty cool investors on their board. Um, so yeah, Memphis Meats for me. Awesome! Thanks for sharing, bud. All right, so sticking with the startup theme. You know, as investors, we kind of look at multiple startups at different stages. And given both of you, you know, have been so involved with startups as well as large technology companies, I'm gonna give you four things and I'd love for you to stack rank them when you're evaluating a, a startup. So idea, execution, team, and market. So how would you stack rank? I would start off with, ex ex I said execution is very important. You gotta rank them, Max. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think, uh, um, Execution, no, team, execution, idea. And what was the fourth one? Market. market. Got it. Then yeah. market, yes. Pangru, what about you? I'm similar, but um, I would do team, execution, market, idea. Awesome. Um, okay, so now being founders of this, you know, incredibly meaningful company that you know, it, it would be a very far shot for most people to kind of start. 
I I want to put you both on the spot and ask you what's one thing that you believe that few others agree with you on. I think uh, I, I I can just say that um, the level of disruption. Many people think this industry is too big, too wide to disrupt, and I and I think that's uh and I think that's something that people think about many industries until it actually happens. Um, for me, is um, setting up shop um, here in Singapore. Uh, there is a lot of belief that talent can be found in San Francisco, in the big area, New York. Uh, but personally, we've seen awesome, awesome people joining our team here in Singapore. So um, talent is 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 here in Singapore too. That's so great to hear. Um, all right, the entrepreneur you admire most. I think Tony Fadell from Nest was one of my favorites. Uh, amazing product, and and as an engineer, I appreciate very much uh, the stuff that he's done. For me, it has to be Jeff Bezos. Um, he is so customer centric. It started with a bookstore, an online bookstore, and he just follows where the customer goes. Um, from an online bookstore to an online store to um, AWS, all these different pivots. Helps me recognize it's so important to understand who the customer is, what they want, and shoot straight for that. Love it. Both our personal favorites of mine as well, um, Bezos as well as Tony Fidel. And um, you know, given given the Apple Google connection for for Tony Fidel, um, you know, kind of working on the iPod, and then Bezos is just he is a giant in the industry. Thank you for sharing. Uh, okay, so you know a lot of our founders are going through this really tough period during COVID nineteen. I'd love to ask both of you. You know, what's the best piece of advice you've received during this period? I would say watch your burn rate and focus <laughs> on product. Uh, focus on uh, development. Gotcha. Andrew, what about you? For me, um, it was a it was advice that was given to us like a year ago, long ago. Somebody told us um, we have to have enough in our bank to last 18 months. Um, it's it's true. Like this is what we've done, and we're, we're quite thankful that um, we followed that through. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, all right, so you know you you deal with investors a lot, and for the investors who are tuning in onto this call, I'd love to ask, what's the single biggest mistake you see investors make? Oh, I know. They <laughs> they come in. They would send an email and say, um, "Send me your details, please." But I wasn't <laughs> sure what details they're looking for, and um, I want to build a relationship with my investors. So um, we usually I try to get on a call, get to know them first, um, get to know their angle before sharing anything at all. So uh, yeah, that's that's for me. Yeah, I think to to add on to that, it's important for investors to understand because it's very difficult to to gauge the value of any of these companies, and especially this early. What you're really doing is assessing out whether or not these founders have what it takes. Do they have the passion? Will they be persistent? Will Will they follow through? Will they execute? These are things you can only you can only figure out after having discussions and getting to know who these founders are. So I, I will let investors know. Listen, um, send less messages on just getting pitch decks and more on trying to build relationships and trying to get to know who these founders are. Deeply important. Yes, um, I think the best the best investments will always happen when you know deep, meaningful relationships are are built. 
All right, a last thing, and then um, I will uh, let you both go. Uh, what's the single best thing an investor can do when when partnering with you? For me, it's got to be um, widening the network. Um, Tony has done so much for us in that area. He's introduced us to people, not just people from the industry, uh, but also included us with the in the XA network, which has been so precious so far. We've had so many angels reaching out to us. Uh, we've got industry folks um, reaching out to us, giving us advice. So we totally appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I really like that as well. I think for investors, it's important to know as an investor, what is my goal? Am I just here to make money or do I want to be a part of the journey? And it's it's always nice for founders to to have investors who are there uh, to actually be a part to to see how can I contribute to the success of this company. It just makes the whole journey a lot more fun. Totally agreed. All right, Max and Fangru, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, before I let you go, though, I would love to you know ask because I can anticipate a ton of people who want to get to know more about Turtle Tree Labs. So. Where can people find you? Where can people learn more about this amazing company that you're building? Sure, you can find us on LinkedIn. We are super active on LinkedIn. Um, on top of that, if you want to reach out, um, our email is pr at turtletreelabs.com. Fantastic, thank you both so much. Thank, thank you. you, this is fun. It's rare to have a founding team that's so in sync that they finish each other's sentences. A huge thank you to Fungru and Max for spending time with us. Do check them out at turtletreelabs.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Do hit us up on LinkedIn, on Twitter at NetworkXA, and finally at www.xanetwork.com. Till next time, thank you and stay safe.